0: Hi everyone, and welcome back to Partners in Crime. We are back with a season two. I'm so excited. I'm Kaylee. And I'm Caroline. And we are so excited to be back talking to you guys about these true crime cases. Um, for the first time ever, we have some updates. <laughs> we have some updates on some cases that we talked about last
1: season. We're going to start the episode off with those and get right into our cases. So, uh, the first update we have is on the the Shannon Christian and Christopher Newsom case. So, on August 19th, the Tennessee Appeals Court upheld the death penalty for LaMarcus Davison, who was the ringleader um, of the crimes. Davison has tried multiple times to appeal his case, but each time it has been um, denounced. And he's even requested for a new trial in November 2019, but it doesn't seem like he's going to get it.
0: Nice. Thank good you. update. Thank you. It is. It is a good update. Please stay in jail. <laughs> you deserve to stay in jail. Um, my update is about the William Wallace case, which was a brief case that we talked about in, I think, the Wichita Massacre mm-hmm. episode. Um, this was the case that he killed his wife and propped her up on the couch to open Christmas pre- or to let her watch her kids open Christmas presents, even though she was dead. Um, But this happened back in 2011, and June 4th of this year, he was convicted of second-degree murder and sentenced 15 years to life. And during the trial, um, the mom of Zazel Preston, which is his wife, um, said that, quote, He beat and tortured my daughter and at the same time mentally assassinated her children. He showed her no mercy. Let's show him no mercy, quote.
1: That Um, is such a good
0: quote. Such a good quote from the mother. I had to include it. So powerful. So good. Um, Absolutely agree with the mother. Um, And the case was treated like a domestic violence case. That's why it was a second degree, not a first degree. Also, all the kids were like, yeah, she tripped. So even though he did obviously do it, but like there was some stuff in there that they couldn't just charge him first degree. The mother really wanted first degree. She Mm -hmm. was pushing that. But he got um, the second degree ch- um, charge, and he was given the credit for the nine years he had already spent in jail, um, but hopefully he remains in there much longer and gets the to life.
1: I thought, when I would, like skimmed that article, I thought it said that the oldest daughter said, like, he made me help.
0: Yes, I did see that in that article. The oldest daughter had to pick glass out of her mom's skull.
1: mm but and, like, had to help carry her to the bathroom. Yes.
0: And she testified, so... Because they're older now. I don't... And there was no ages on the kids, but they're old enough to, I guess, remember and yeah. talk about it. Still a horrible, horrible thing. But those are our updates.
1: And now we can get into new true crime stories. New stories, new cases, new season. New season! Starting new season. fresh! Okay. Um... So, I'm gonna go first. So, my case is actually the first murder conviction uh, that used DNA. Okay. DNA evidence. And I thought this was so cool. So, we're gonna be talking about Colin Pitchfork, which. What I, a last name. I hated that last name. I'm Who going to. My, uh, I just felt weird saying, like, Pitchfork, blah, 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 blah. So, I'm gonna call him Colin. Okay. That's his. That's it's his an name. interesting last name, though. I hate every second. He does not go by that anymore. Um don't know his name. Anyway, um, (laughs) (laughs) so Colin Pitchfork, who is also known as the Black Pad Killer, was born on March 23rd, 1960, in Leicestershire, England. (laughs) Cut it. (laughs) Cut that out. (laughs) I don't think it should be cut out. In Leicestershire, England. Um, and so, like, a quick little background on him. I couldn't find much about his early life. Uh, The earliest thing I could find was in 1974, so when he was 14, he was convicted for indecent exposure to two teenage girls and sentenced to therapy at Carlton Hayes Psychiatric Center, which will actually, that location is a very big, it comes back a lot. Okay. Um, We will be very familiar with Carlton Hayes. Um, In 1979, when he was 19, he assaulted a teenage girl, but he was not caught for this crime. In 1981, he was married, and he had two sons, one in 1983 and one in 1986. And I know I haven't mentioned them yet, but there are two murders, and those are the same years. Like, the years that his sons were born is the year that he murdered a girl. So, I'll get back into that later. But I just (laughs) wanted to bring that up while I said that. And he um, also worked as a baker. And his boss recalled Colin being a great employee, who was always on time, such a hard worker, but he just couldn't leave his female um, employee or, uh, co-workers and the customers alone. Which is... I, I found that interesting, because like, I don't know, it just seemed like the boss didn't say anything about it like to Colin, and just kind of noticed like, oh he's kind of weird just let it slide like the boys will be boys rule
0: yeah I was about to say that's probably one of those well he's a guy he's just doing guy things I'm a guy (laughs) just Just a guy guy doing, doing guy things just a guy doing guy things being disgusting
1: um so the first victim that we will talk about is named Linda Mann and I want to try to make her not a victim um give her more life than just being murdered um Her teachers described her as a bright student. She was learning French, Italian, and German. She's 15, by the way, I should say that. Smart girl. Absolutely brilliant. Um, Her friends described her as bubbly and happy-go-lucky. And in the pictures I saw, she just looked like so happy. She looked like someone you would really want to be friends with. Um, But in November 1983, Linda was on her way home from a friend's house, and Colin was driving himself and his newborn baby home when he crossed Linda's path. He parked his car on the side of the road, exited the vehicle, exposed himself to her. She took off running. At With the a of,
0: newborn baby in the back? Yes. Of his car? Yes.
1: Got out, exposed himself to a 15-year-old. She took off running. He took off after her, caught her. Before the rape, according to Colin, Linda asked him, uh, what about your wife? Because she had seen his wedding ring and so she, he was convinced that he would be she would be able to recognize him and so this is why he strangled her with his scarf her scarf because um, he didn't want to get caught and so the next morning his her body was found on a deserted footpath known locally as the black pad and it was on the grounds of carlton hayes psychiatric center uh which i i just thought was very very interesting that he was there for a good part of his childhood, mm-hmm. and now he's back. Um, okay. So, police interviewed local men, and Colin was one of them, and he didn't have an alibi that night, because he didn't have anyone, but they thought, well, he was in charge of his baby, he probably wouldn't do Surely this. Surely he wouldn't kill someone with his newborn kid in the back seat of his car. Which is good logic, but people who follow that logic also don't murder people. Exactly. You can't use that logic on murderers. Exactly. So that was their fault. Um, what year was this? 83. Okay.
0: Well, that makes sense for an 83 police officer to be like, yeah, he's, he's not going to do
1: it. He's got a kid. So the forensic examination of the semen collected from Linda showed that it was a type that was found in 10% of men and was also from someone who had type A blood. So 10 percent doesn't sound like a lot, but I looked at the population of Leicestershire, and at the time the population was 410,000. So divided by two for the men, you get 205,000, um, and that still leaves you 10 percent of that is like 21,000, basically. That's a lot. Yeah. So um, it didn't. It helped narrow it down, but not really. Um, so the second. Um, victim of Colin Pitchfork was Dawn Ashworth and she was described as a mature and sensible girl who had a talent for drawing and painting. So in late July 1986 she left her home to visit a friend. Her route took her through a footpath called the Ten Pound Lane which was also on the grounds of the Carlton Hayes Psychiatric Center. Um, Colin was riding his bike down the road saw Dawn enter the footpath pulled over, and followed her down and exposed himself to her. She's also 15, I, I will say that. Um, Don attempted to run away from, her, from him, but Colin caught up to her and proceeded to rape and strangle her. In an attempt to hide his crime, he covered her body with foliage, but her body was discovered two days later. Um, so now we're going to enter a new character, introduce a new character named Richard Buckland, who was a 17 year old who worked at the psychiatric uh, center and he had an intellectual disability. He was seen at the area where Don's body was found but maybe that was because he worked there. Yeah, maybe, I don't know. Um, And when questioned by police, he apparently knew inside information about the murder. Um, So they arrested him on August 8th of 86 and while in custody he confessed to the murder of Don but he would not confess to Linda's murder. And he might have gone to prison if it was not for our man, Dr. Alec Jeffries, who was um, who had invented recently DNA fingerprinting. Um, And just a quick note I want to make. I know they say that he knew inside information, but do you know the documentary like Making a Murder? Yeah. Where they fed that that guy information and he was also he had an intellectual disability. Like this is not something that cops are above. No, it's not. Obviously. Obviously not. <laughs> Making
0: a murder really proves that, and there's multiple Netflix documentaries that prove that, that I recommend highly, mm-hmm. so very good. But yeah, he was coerced into saying that he
1: killed... Thanks to Dr. Jeffries, comparison of the semen samples collected from Linda and Dawn's body um, and a blood sample from Buckland proved that the murders were done by the same person, but Buckland was not uh, connected to the crimes, and so he was released in November 21st. Um, Thank God for DNA. Yeah, seriously. Thank God for DNA. I don't know how police honestly did it.
0: A lot of people were probably arrested <laughs> that shouldn't
1: have been. Just, oh, you're you're around here? Okay. Well, book them, boys. <laughs> <laughs> um, so in J- January 1987, local police decided to take blood samples from 5,500 men in the age range of 17 to 34 who did not have an alibi for the nights of the murder, which included our good friend Colin Pitchfork. Um, however, like the sneaky rat he is, he created a ruse to avoid the inevitable um, arrest. He, what was
0: his ruse?
1: Oh, I'll, I'll tell you. Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting there. Okay, sorry. He persuaded a fellow baker by saying... um you know, I was arrested for indecent exposure, and I feel like they're going to harass me if they know that, so will you go pretend to be me and give them a sample? So the way that they did this was they just took out... um, That guy just agreed. Yeah. He (laughs) He was was like, like, alright. Yeah. Yeah. Um, His name was Ian Kelly, the guy that's helping Colin. So the way that they did it was they took they just put a picture of kelly on colin's passport that's all they did they i guess they, they taped lit, it in the 80s or like glued it or something but like how did that's the, all it took. how did yeah like how did the cops not be like why is that not like a laminated little,
0: yeah exactly like
1: this was a craft project that they did in the back of the but it, it worked it worked flawlessly how? but there was a flaw In that Ian Ian Kelly liked to run his mouth, okay, and he mentioned the ruse in a pub in August of 87. A woman, I'm sorry, excuse, a queen, (laughs) a queen, bless her, overheard this conversation and contacted the police. Okay, yeah, queen. Queen, yes. So when the police questioned Ian Kelly, he confessed to giving the blood sample in place of Colin, and with this information, they arrested Pitchfork. Who confessed to the two murders. He also admitted to exposing himself to more than 1,000 women. Jesus! During his trial, he pleaded guilty and was sentenced to life imprisonment for the murders, 10 years for the rape, 3 years for the indecent exposure, 3 years for a conspiracy to pervert the court of justice. Ian Kelly was ser- sentenced to 2 years. Um, and the Lord Chief Justice at the time of Colin's sentencing this is a quote from him saying, From the point of view of the safety of the public, I doubt he should ever be released. And the Secretary of State set a minimum term of 30 years. However, in 2009, his sentence or his minimum term sentence was reduced to 28 years. He ended up serving 33 years in jail and he was released in July 2021. Last month. He was released this summer. Yes. Yes. He is out. I saw um an article that had an interview with his ex wife and she was like, Absolutely not, that man should not be free. He's no. going to kill again. Yeah. And um the family sixty one this year.
0: Hmm. Yeah, he's very capable of still.
1: Mm hmm. But he was arrested when he was like twenty seven. Yeah. It's like or twenty three. One of those. His children, like, have nothing to do with him. They don't. Good. They refuse to do interviews. Good. But, yeah, the first conviction due to the DNA. Well, thank God for DNA. Thank God for it. Thank you, Alec Jeffries. And thank you to the queen that went to the police. <laughs> if you hear something, say something. If you see a creepy man who won't leave women alone, say something to him. Especially if you're a man. Be like, Yeah, get in between them. Or uh, per- do something to prevent it. Don't just acknowledge it.
0: Why did he keep going back to the psychiatric ward?
1: I don't know. He just that, like, was makes driving it, around there a lot.
0: It's like, because, um, you know, when you see serial killer cases, there's always something about it that's like, it's their, um, it's like them signing their mark. like that's oh, their, their signature. MO? Yeah, their MO. So maybe that's what he was doing. Mm-hmm. He was putting them in the same place, in a place that he used to
1: be at. Also interesting that, well, he probably didn't know their ages, but he, was, he started going there when he was 14. And he was doing it to
0: 15-year-olds. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hmm. That's interesting. Definitely knew what he was doing,
1: but the fact that he was released is absolutely wild. The yeah. um and then also I saw that the M O J, which is the Ministry of Justice in England, um made a mistake and told him that he did not have to register with the sex offender like list. Um, so he's not registered. No, they fixed it. Oh, okay. They like sent out an apology and they were like, "Our deepest condolences. Um, we made a mistake."
0: Now to my case, which is a long one. So this case has gained a lot of attention um, throughout East Tennessee. Um, maybe some national attention. I think I've seen it on like CNN and stuff. Mm-hmm. But um, it's another case from my hometown. We did the Evelyn Boswell one, like one of our first or second episodes that was out of Kingsport, Tennessee. This one is out of the county that I am from, Hawkins County but this is about summer wells. Um, Summer disappeared on the evening of June 15th in 2021. So this summer, Mm -hmm. um, the five-year-old was planting flowers 20 feet away from her family's home on Ben Hill Road in Rogersville um, with her mother and grandmother. She reportedly went inside, told her three older brothers that she was gonna go to the basement and play with her dolls. Um, Her mother, Candace Wells, came into the house a few hours later. Um, That few hours has also been stated as minutes. It's been stated as multiple time frames. Mm -hmm. I don't know for sure, but the articles that I read, most of them said hours, so I'm going to say a few hours.
1: Okay, so I watched a quick clip with Kaylee before we started this, and I literally saw the mother say that it took her two minutes and she was back. So, yeah, it took... The parents are
0: saying minutes. I think the police are saying hours. Like, it's very weird, the time. The time frame between when Summer went into the house, talked to her brothers, went to the basement, and when the mother came back in the house is weird. Do we know what Um, she was doing? What the mom was doing? They were apparently planting flowers in a garden outside of the house.
1: And she went inside. but. And
0: Summer went inside, and then her mother came inside a few hours, a few minutes. Sometime later, and summer was nowhere to be found. In the house, in the basement, nowhere. Which, the reason this is weird.
1: hmm
0: So, Ben Hill Road is in the absolute middle of nowhere. Yes. It's in the back woods. It's a very wooded area. It's a very hilly area. Mm-hmm. The terrain, like, the police um, had trouble looking for her because the terrain is so bad. It's rocky, it's steep, there's no phone service. So a five-year-old is not going out A here. five-year-old is not really going to get that far. Um, it's, like, the house is away from the road. Mm-hmm. Um, so unless you really know where this house is, you're probably not going to go up to it. Yeah. Um, like, I, there's a picture of the house. Is a long driveway. Like, you're going to have to drive up to get... Her to get someone at the house, so that's the weirdest part to me about this whole thing. Mm-hmm. Also, the fact she just disappeared within minutes, and nobody saw her leave the house. Her brothers, who were upstairs, didn't see her leave the house. Mm-hmm. Her mom and grandmother, that was outside, didn't see her leave the house. It's weird. How old are the brothers? Twelve, eleven, and nine. So they're all, I guess, twelve. Is twelve middle school? Is that middle school? I don't know. Yeah. They're around. They know what's they. They could report something. They know what's happening. Um, but uh, that happened around 5:30 p.m. on June 15th and an hour later they reported her missing to the Hawkins County Sheriff's Office and on the June 16th around midnight TBI sent out an endangered child alert um, this is different from an AMBER alert so this just means that the child is missing and there is some concern for the child's safety but it's not like an immediate emergency mm-hmm. Um, that immediately changed the next morning. Like, that happened at midnight at 11 a.m. that same day,
1: June 16th. They said Amber Alert. How do they make that distinction?
0: I don't know. I tried to Google, like, Amber Alert versus Endangered Child Alert. Um, I couldn't really find anything as far as how they decide that. There is, like, a criteria about it, um, and I guess that she fit all of those, but also,
1: like, I don't know you don't know where a five-year-old is I feel like that's pretty urgent
0: yeah I like I don't know what made that change but this sent out an Amber Alert which goes on everyone's phones yeah. obviously so and um, it became it that made it a serious case that's when the TBI and the Hawkeyes County Sheriff's Office you know started actually doing searches like mm-hmm. real searches um, they did a press conference that day and 30 tips were called in by the end of the day mm-hmm. of June 16th. Um, like I said earlier, the area is very wooded, very in the middle of nowhere. It's very hard to walk through it mm-hmm. safely. It's a very dangerous area. Um, they searched 680 acres and found absolutely nothing related to the case. Um, which, yeah, it's very wooded. It's very covered with trees and you know everything. But like still. I feel like if it was still around the area, if she was still there, you'd probably find something. Yeah,
1: Um, like even a shoe or...
0: Yeah, like, because I feel like a five-year-old walking around this, even if you're used to it, like growing up around it, you probably are going to fall down the extremely steep hill that's right Mm -hmm. next to your house. Like, it's odd to me, but... They sent out a tweet, um, TBI sent out a tweet saying that whoever lives in the area to please check if you have surveillance cameras to see if she's on there, so just check your properties for Summer if she's hiding on the property. Um, On June 18th, Summer's father spoke to media for the first time. He told Kingsport Times News that he was at work when she went missing and he said, quote, when I got home I drove to the bottom of the property and realized that all my neighbors and stuff were combing through the woods looking for her and then I realized right then that she was not there. Um, He also said, I knew right then and there she was gone and that she would never leave on her own. Someone had to have taken her. So, the search continues. On June 26, um, TBI released... Okay, wait. On June 26, um, by that time, 221 tips had been sent in to TBI. Um, And they had had several search parties all around Ben Hill Road and Beach Creek, which is the community area. It's Mm -hmm. like where the area where the street is. But they sent out a tweet asking for the driver of a 1998 to 2000 maroon or red Toyota Tacoma with a full bed, ladder rack, and white buckets in the truck bed to come forward. So... Apparently, a neighbor reported seeing this truck around Mm -hmm. Beach Creek area um, around the time that she went missing. Um, And Summer's mother talked to WJHL and said that she had never seen that truck before and found it strange. Um, She said, quote, I've never heard of it until just recently, but I wish they would come forward and explain themselves. If you're not a suspect, at least come forward and say what you've seen, quote. The driver of this truck and this truck has not been found to this day. To this day. To this day. They've never found anything about that truck other than the neighbors saying they saw that truck drive through.
1: Hold on. So they just saw it drive on the road?
0: Yeah. They, like... I don't really fully know if Beach Creek is a road or an area. I've heard of it before but like I feel like if you're in that area you're probably like oh that's my neighbor's car. Like people aren't really driving okay. around so that's why I think that they were like hey this truck was around here i never seen it before that's right. not my neighbor that's not their neighbor. Um, so that makes that makes more sense to me mm-hmm. than I feel like it probably would like
1: yeah. an average person. But
0: yeah because at first
1: I was like it's just a truck. Yeah. What do you mean?
0: Um. So I think that's why that kind of raised some flags but once again, they never found it. That could have just been someone lost, because it's a very yeah. easy area to get lost in. Or just
1: someone riding around. Yeah.
0: Um, but I want to go and talk about Summer's parents, because that's pretty much the case. Mm-hmm. Um, that's pretty much the end of it. They haven't found her yet. They haven't found anything, any new evidence at all. That was the only evidence that they have gotten, is that red truck. No new information about so it. so scary. Which is insane. So by... July 2nd, they had over 750 tips called in, um, and July 11th, Lawson, um, Ronnie Lawson, who's the sheriff at Hawkins mm-hmm. County, said, he told Times News, that the case is nowhere even close to being a cold case. Okay. Um, hopeful? Hopeful. Um, and then July 12th, they had received 935 tips. Which is a big change from the second. Before we get into the parents, I do want to say all of this is allegedly and speculation. None of it is facts. But the parents. Uh, So, Summer's father, his name is Don Wells. He was convicted of multiple violent felonies and served prison time for convictions involving drugs and robberies in Arkansas, Utah, and Texas.
1: Why is he all over the
0: place? And in the 1990s and early 2000s, he was cited for numerous parole violations. So he has history. He has a history, and so does his wife. Okay, let's get into um, her. The mother, Candace Bly, she also has a criminal record in the state of Wisconsin, and she was recently pleaded guilty to a misdemeanor domestic abuse charge, um, which was in 2003. That's not that recent, mm-hmm. but the article wrote it as recently, so I added that. Um, but Don was arrested in October of 2020. Is Don the mom or dad? Don is the dad. Okay. Um, Don was arrested in October 2020 after Candace, which is the mother, yes. accused him of domestic assault, and the deputies found him driving drunk up his own driveway with a gun in the glove box that he was not allowed to have. What? Um, and Candace got an order of protection against her and the children, like for the, her and right. the children against Don to keep, um, to keep them safe. Because she claimed, quote, He drinks and throws things and I'm afraid of being hurt. He's abusive physically and mentally towards me. I am afraid for my children and myself. My mother fears he's going to hurt her because she's staying in a camper on our property. Quote. She dropped those charges a week after that.
1: Yes. What? Yes. You're scared for your life and your children's life. A week later. Oh, well. She dropped them. Um...
0: On top of all of that, Summer's three older brothers were taken out of the home by Child Services in July. Um, I couldn't find any information on why. Is
1: it because it's like an open case? I think it's because it's an open case and they're all minors.
0: Um, Well, I mean,
1: to bring up something, I don't think Burke uh, Ramsey was taken out of his house. They were taken out of the house. Um, Like I said, I couldn't find any
0: information, but the father is really big on talking to media. Um, and he told the media about this, quote, it's a dangerous at my house, quote. Um, it's a dangerous? It's dangerous oh. at my house. That was a misspoke by me. I apologize. <laughs> it's a dangerous. <laughs> it's a dangerous. Um, he said, quote, it's dangerous at my house, quote, Um And apparently the family has received threats by people. People have been trespassing the property, which I could see happening. They're looking. Because people are looking for this girl. Um, There's multiple Facebook groups um, talking about the search of Summer. Mm -hmm. Um, There's this one woman who claims to be a psychic, and she has been going to this house, going on the property, feeling around, saying that she knows where Summer is, that her body is here. And he actually had something to say about her. She's, he said, all sorts of people. Juanita, for one. Juanita is the psychic. We don't need her crazy ass stopping at our house. She claims to be a Christian, and then she claims to be a psychic. How does that work? If you're a Christian, God says you don't go there. Period.
1: It's against God. Okay, my little input on his quote though is, I feel like if your child is missing and you have anyone who's saying I can help you find your child. You wouldn't be like, don't ever come to my house. Yeah. And also just see Also, there's,
0: like, search parties looking and helping, like, other than what police can do. Mm -hmm. And you'd think, as the parents of a missing child, you'd be like, please, come in my house. Please come on my property. Please help me find my kid. They want them away from the property. They want them out. They don't want them near their house. But the Facebook groups, um, there's even a Reddit page, which I just found out today, that there's a Summerwell's Reddit page just talking about this case and everything going on with it.
1: And you know Um, internet sleuths. I feel like they're going to solve it. Oh, internet.
0: The internet will solve it. Um, But also, the interviews of these parents Mm -hmm. are very shady, in my opinion. Um the one interview that I watched of the mom, the mom does not have that many interviews. She was not talked to a lot. The dad is the one that's been going out, getting interviews. Um, also, the first interview that the dad did on air, like on video, he brought the three, ch- like the boys, mm-hmm. and he was really making it seem like he was a good dad. Like he had his kids in his arms, and a lot of the comments on that YouTube video was, he's just trying to act like he's all innocent because he's got all his kids here. Mm-hmm. Like he's showing that they're okay and whatever. Um, The interview with the mom, though, the one that I watched, one of the first ones of them both, the mom literally looks like she's dozing off on, like, pills. Like, she's on something. She's high on something. Um, They're also very not sympathetic towards, like, the fact that their child is missing. Um, They're very...
1: They seem... Because I've watched, like, a minute of the clips, mm -hmm. and they're talking in, like, a, a well... Yeah. type of tone like, like she's missing tense. I hope we find her and like one of the quote is uh, the dad saying she was a tomboy instead mm-hmm. of she is a tomboy and I showed Kaylee a clip of Adam Wash- Walsh's parents talking um, when he was still missing and the immediate difference is, or like the difference is like immediate does that make sense
0: yeah and like the Evelyn Boswell case, which um, a lot of people are comparing this to in a way, like the mm. way the parents are talking, because like I said, it's in the same area; it's from the same area. Um, the way that the mother of Evelyn Boswell was talking in the interviews is the same way these people are, and she was arrested for See, the murder I never of saw her the child ones. Um, I'll show you those at the end of this because it's very similar. Um, but yeah, so the interviews are weird with the parents. Um, a lot of them are just being like. Or, um, our boys want their sister back. Like it's not really them saying, "I want my child back." Like they've said it a few times, but it's they really put it towards their kids. Mm-hmm. But on top of all of that, Summer's aunt went missing.
1: When? Um. So like her mother's sister. I think so.
0: I don't know why I kept on this
1: twenty sixth.
0: Okay, it's right after that. Yes. So July 1st, um, Polk County Sheriff's Office, which is in Wisconsin, told um, the news station WJHL in um, the Tri-Cities area that Summer's disappearance renewed interest in the case of Summer's missing aunt, Rosemary Bly, which would be Candace's sister. Mm -hmm. Um, She vanished in Polk County in 2009. The Polk County Sheriff said that they have never given up on that case, and it's still an active investigation, but they never found the aunt, and they are hoping that the summer case will Mm -hmm. make some people look for the aunt more, or, like, come
1: up with something for her. Do you think there's a connection there? How long have uh, Dawn and Candace, Constance, what's her name? Candace? Yes.
0: Together? I don't know. Okay, their oldest child is 12. Yes. So, minus 12. definitely in 2009 they were together. Okay. Um, I assume, I never found this, I assume they moved here from Wisconsin. Yeah. Because, obviously, they, Candace's family was from Wisconsin. But also, that makes you think, why did they move here? Yeah, I was going to, before this was brought up, I was wondering, how do you get to Hawkins County? How do you get to Rogersville, Tennessee? Like, it's... You're not looking... Like, very rarely you're looking for places to live, and you go
1: there. Man, but I don't know, because they're... uh, I'm going to look on Facebook. Candace's mother is here. Also, that's what I was going
0: to say. Like, the mom up and moved, you know, the sister... Or not the sister, but, like, Summer's mom moved with her mother. Like, Summer's grandmother came with them here. And they all lived in Wisconsin. Because in this article about... Um, about the disappearance of her sister, um, of Rose, the grandmother said that it it's just horrible, it's hard to deal with, very, very hard to deal with, my life will never be normal without knowing where my daughter is. Um, she said that to police back in 2019 and that, which I don't really understand that, but that's what this article says. Um, but apparently they try to avoid the area where she was reported missing in 2009. Mm-hmm. So, I, they could have moved because that was really hard for them, that their family member went missing, but also they, there's no information about that either, like mm-hmm. it's the same type of thing, she just went missing.
1: That's weird. Exactly. That is so weird. Um, like for that to happen twice in a family? So, Rose Bly was last seen
0: leaving her residence in Sioux Falls, Wisconsin. Her car was recovered five days later in a parking lot typically used by truck drivers.
1: Hmm. That's all that is known about her. How old was she? 21. I mean, there's also always the possibility that, like, she got picked up by a truck driver. Exactly. It, it is a very big coincidence yes. for you to have... Two people Um, in your family just go missing and not have anything said about it. Her car was
0: also not in Sioux Falls. It was found in Grantsburg, Wisconsin. Um I don't know anything about Wisconsin, so I don't know like how far (laughs) away that. that that is. But like that's the second family member to vanish. Like literally vanish with I mean she obviously had her car as a trace. But anyone could have driven that car. Exactly. Like it's who knows? I guess they've kind of went away from the parents being any suspect because they passed the lie detector test. Definitely we'll keep updated on this case. I really want someone to
1: be found alive.
0: I do too, but honestly... I don't think she will be. I don't be. think she will be at and this point. And that's making me so sad. It's, it's very sad. Um, I think this is the first case that we've done that doesn't have an ending. So this is the first open open ended. case. open-ended case that will have updates. Hopefully, good updates. I'm not too hopeful personally, just from seeing stuff before. Well, great job on your case, Kaylee. Thank you. That's the most researched one I think <laughs> we've done. I'm not gonna be. I'm gonna be honest. Um. Well, thanks for watching. Thanks for tuning in. Oh, uh,
1: yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> thanks for listening to this episode of Partners in Crime, season two. Starting it off with a good. Not a good note, but, like, a good
1: bang into the season. Um, We're so excited for this season. Yes. We're hoping, I don't know, it'll be everything we ever hoped for. (laughs) Hopefully. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you guys next Friday.
0: Bye.